Welcome to the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast, the podcast created for you, the therapist who leads with your heart and loves serving your clients. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host. I know that being a heart-centered therapist is immensely rewarding and powerful and intensely challenging and difficult. We're on this journey together. My mission is to help you continue loving your work as a therapist, surviving being a therapist, and feeling more connected as a therapist. Welcome to another episode of the Heart-Centered Therapist podcast. Today, I have something truly special in store for you. In this episode, I'm thrilled to bring you an exclusive live interview that I recently did in my Facebook group, the Heart-Centered Therapist Community. And guess who joined me for this incredible conversation? None other than the renowned host of Therapy Chat Podcast and Trauma Chat Podcast, the brilliant Laura Reagan LCSWC. If you're not familiar, Laura Reagan is not only a podcasting powerhouse, but also the founder of Trauma Therapist Network. She is an esteemed trainer of trauma therapists worldwide. During our interview, Laura shares profound insights, wisdom, and practical advice that will leave you inspired and enlightened and will help you work with clients who have trauma. Laura provided a comprehensive overview of what Trauma Therapist Network offers to therapists like you and me, with resources including dedicated support for self-care, invaluable case consultation, interactive Q&A sessions, and transformative trauma training. So get ready to be captivated as we dive into this incredible live interview with Laura Reagan. You won't want to miss this episode, and it will undoubtedly elevate your practice as a heart-centered therapist. So let's dive right in. Well, hello. It says we are live. Welcome, everyone. I'm so happy to be here today with my guest. I'm Cindy Gozanski, the founder of the Heart Center Therapist Community, and I'm so delighted and honored to be joined by Laura Reagan. And some of you know of Laura from her prolific podcasts and her work in the field in trauma therapy, but I will formally introduce her. But before I do that, thank you so much, Laura, for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me and inviting me and also making me feel like someone special. (laughs) Well, absolutely. You are. And um, thank you. Thank you. That's important. We make we make people feel special. It's part of what we do, but because we believe in it from our heart, which is really a big part of my mission. Um, So Let me introduce you to Laura. Laura Reagan, LCSWC, is an integrative trauma therapist, podcaster, speaker, and coach who owns a group therapy practice in greater Baltimore area. Laura hosts two podcasts, Therapy Chat and Trauma Chat podcasts. I know Therapy Chat has like, you're close to 400 episodes. I have no idea how many of the others, but that's pretty amazing. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Trauma Chat is a a limited podcast that I was planning on doing multiple seasons, but so far I've only released one. So there's 12 episodes, but it's a, it's really, you know, there's so many people who listen to therapy chat who are trauma survivors who want to understand and heal, but it doesn't really cover basic information about trauma since it's more, you know, it was originally more thought to be directed towards uh, clinicians. So 
um, yeah, trauma chat is a little bite-sized. Me just saying, you know, this is what we're talking about when we say trauma. This is this is what PTSD is. This is what complex PTSD is. This is mm. what dissociation is. And just like five to 20 minute long episodes that people can really just hear a little bit, think about it and resources to learn more. Great. Great. Yeah. That's super helpful to know. And the therapy chat podcast, which I'm much more familiar with is a little bit more long form, very, you have amazing guests from all walks of life in the field, especially trauma, but lots of other things too. And Mm -hmm. it's really an inspiring invigorating podcast for therapists to listen to. It's so educational and inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. I receive. (laughs) Wonderful. Absolutely. So in continuing here, Laura is also the founder of Trauma Therapist Network, which is a website and membership community and therapist membership community Mm -hmm. that she started in 2021. Laura trains trauma therapists around the world using bottom-up therapy methods, and accessing their highest selves while doing meaningful psychotherapy work for sustainable careers. And I'm all about that. How do we sustain our career? How do we stay being therapists while doing this really hard work? Whether you're working with trauma or not, it's still really hard work. How do we stay being therapists, stay connected, stay inspired to continue to hone our craft to become you know more masterful as we can and have the self-care and have that passion how do we do all of that and then add in trauma so that's why laura is here to share a little bit about doing trauma work being a heart-centered therapist and what she's doing and offering so thank you again Thank you again. And, you know, it's not only trauma therapists who find our work very challenging. And I think that one of the things that makes our work really challenging is that in general, our field doesn't approach mental health from the lens of trauma attachment and sensory needs. So, you know, it's this like, very like, oh, you have this problem. These are the things you can do so that that will go away or take this medication or whatever. But when you really, um, if you don't know how trauma can show up in so many of the mental health symptoms that we see, you know, like OCD, uh, substance abuse, self-harming behaviors, suicidal thoughts and actions, you know, addictions of all kinds, process addictions, as they say, um, body image, you know, there's so many ways that usually during childhood experiences where either something really bad did happen or something didn't happen that needed to happen, those experiences shape how we develop so profoundly that I think one of the things that makes being a therapist so hard is the lack of that, that perspective, because then you're like, why isn't this person getting better? Or why are they quote resistant? Or why are they not getting it or whatever? And the reason is because they're impacted. I think usually the reason is that they're impacted by something that's not in their control. That's affecting their ability to be able to be successful as you might define it in therapy. 
I think the trauma and attachment and sensory perspective really helps therapists feel more capable. And it's like, dang, I feel like I'm missing something people will say. And then when you consult with them, you know, it's like, you are missing something. There's this whole trauma presentation here that you don't know because you, you don't have that Mm -hmm. training and no shame. It's just, I think it's sort of like a deficit in our field. Right. Exactly. We get to say that too, as therapists in our work, right? No shame, no story. And what you're saying is so great. When you feel like, why isn't this person getting better? Or what am I missing? That's, that's almost like a clue that, hey, maybe we need to look at what else is there. There's some underlying trauma that perhaps the client isn't even aware of to name it as trauma, might not have even seemed that important to them or that you know, salient to them that I need to bring this to therapy. Yeah, I'll, I'll even throw this out there. And I don't know how this will land for people who are watching. But mm-hmm. when clients don't connect with any experience of trauma at all, to me, it says that they probably had to detach from whatever was happening. And that which is a form of dissociating. And that's why you know, because, you know, when you're talking with a client and you're saying, well, that sounds like a traumatic experience. You're like, no, it wasn't. It was really nothing. And I know for myself, I have experiences that objectively fit under what trauma is. And I did not until maybe, you know, for some experiences that I have, like maybe five years ago as an experienced trauma therapist, still, I was like, I know it could be a trauma, but I'm just not feeling any charge about it because it's numb because of yeah. dissociation. It's like, thank you, dissociation, for helping me not know that was there, but also knowing that that mm. is sort of like blocked and I couldn't access what it really was. It was it was still affecting me behind the scenes. So, absolutely. I want to just go back a second because as you were talking about what you do in in helping therapists, right, like find a sense of competency in mm-hmm. this work which is so important right we get we feel fed up like why am why am i not making progress with this client i i you know i care so much about them i want them to you know improve and i'm and have a better quality of life and i don't see it right i invite all of you who are watching this live or on the replay right to come to this conversation with with a, entering with a little feeling of your own self-trust and self-confidence, because mm-hmm. I think we need that. We need the reminder as therapists that we have it. We are here. We're trained psychotherapists. And sometimes we lose our confidence for different reasons. And I don't want you to lose it. So answer this conversation. Listen, take in what you know. You're here for a reason. Take in knowing that you have self-confidence and trust to do this work. It's so important for us to stay therapists and to have that feeling, right? I, you know, what you just said about to stay therapists, I, mm-hmm. that resonates deeply with me because I feel like there are so many who are, I've, I've said for years that a lot of therapists are burned out before they even get to being finished with grad school because of the training process. And how, you know, we have to do internships that we don't get paid for. And we're doing oftentimes other jobs to bring in some financial support as well. But now, you know, after years of 
stress and crisis in the external world and all of us living through the pandemic alongside our clients. So they were feeling it and we were feeling it at the same time. We really are needed. And there's so many people who are just saying, I got to get out of this profession. And I, I deeply respect that if you know it's time for you to either pause or completely change careers. I trust that you know what's best for yourself, but I hope that if you really love this work and you are are thinking that maybe it's not right for you anymore, or you can't do it anymore to consider maybe a new direction instead of just leaving completely because you've invested so much of yourself to yeah. get to where you are and it's so valuable and it's so needed and not to mention expensive the education that we get. Um, it's we, I, I really want people to be able to remain in the field and be healthy. And I know there's a lot of yeah. systemic issues in our field, uh, but it's such meaningful, important, really life-saving work. Absolutely. And I really appreciate how you said that. And, and right, we, we honor everybody and your choice, but also there are pivots you could make within therapy you could serve a different population or, or, you know, learn a new approach or, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's so many different ways or start practicing, you know, doing more group therapy or something else. Right. And reach out. Like, that's why I've created this group. That's why Laura has her membership so that we are not doing this alone and have ways to network and get ideas and all of that. And I, and I think what you're saying is really important in terms of, trauma therapy because we're getting calls. We can't serve all of the clients mm -hmm. that we have calls for. Some therapists are, are, are leaving and we need more specialized uh, trauma therapists out there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, one of the, um, for people who aren't really very familiar with trauma work or haven't had a lot of training in trauma, when you are assessing trauma symptoms, for example, some of the PTSD assessments, um, one of the things they measure is how your worldview has changed, where you start to look at things differently. And, you know, there is some way that as therapists, we, we all begin to understand life a little bit differently from this naive, like, you know, everything's okay kind of world to, wow, some really bad things can happen in life. And wow, that's, kind of scary or sobering, but when you start to look at things as like, this is hopeless, or the world is just a terrible place, people are awful, and it's never going to get better. That's really a, an indication that you're probably having some effects of trauma exposure through work, and it may be touching something within you that you didn't know was a, a hurt place, something that was in your more of your unconscious mind, but it's, it's getting like tweaked by mm. the exposure that you have. And that's why it seems like things are not going to get better or that, you know, it's too much, the needs are too much, you know, because I can, I can remember many times having so many phone calls. And of course, you want to build your practice and you want to have um, a successful 
steady stream of clients coming through, but when it becomes where you can't serve them all and you're starting to feel, oh, there's just so much need and I, I, I've got to help everyone. And I, you know, and you begin to sort of lose yourself. That's, that can actually be an indication that you're impacted by trauma exposure. And, you know, since we all just went through the pandemic too, even if it was only, you know, I mean, people have various levels of how they feel about what happened from 2020 until whenever one thinks it ended or if it hasn't ended yet. Um, But the change that happened so abruptly that we had no control over, that's a, that's a classic example of a trauma. So we all went through that. Yeah. Right. And, and responded in our own ways. And you know, the, the, the timeline varies for everybody. Mm -hmm which, you know, such good points. And, you know, as you talk about how we experience some trauma exposure through our work, whether it's self-imposed by, you know, be, be trying to be something the same, you know, wonderful to everybody, or it's, you know, through actually getting, you know, you've described it like getting caught in reenactments with our clients, right. From, yeah. from a, a vicarious trauma response. And then I know Jenny Hughes is watching this and, she talks all about vicarious resilience, which is so important for us as therapists to, to cultivate and be aware of. Again, I want to emphasize, it's not just sort of us being caught up in our egos and thinking, oh, I want to be everything to everyone. What an enactment can look like is, you know, you go from kind of a healthy level of functioning to where you have boundaries around work where it's not coming home with you. It's not coming into your mind when you're doing other things. And then something happens. Sometimes it's something in your close personal life. Like for Mm -hmm. me, my parents getting really sick and elderly and having a lot of health issues. And, you know, that for me brought up a lot of pain from childhood that I didn't really know was there sort of, I knew what happened during childhood, but I didn't know how I felt about it as a child. I didn't have really a clear, you know, cause things that happen when you're like four five and six, when your brain's developing in that stage, you're not able to make meaning out of it in a cognitive way like you would when you're older. So. Right. Ah, oh, Laura, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, so vulnerably and so in such a personal experience. And, and wow, it just goes right back to what we said at the beginning, right? I don't have trauma. And yet there mm-hmm. was something maybe that the, the four-year-old girl had to detach from. And then it comes back up. And yeah, it sounds like it's it's been a hard time. Uh, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can, can relate. Yeah. Yeah, I I think over the past few years, there have been so many changes and painful things that have been going on that have been out of our control. And if we have an open heart, if we are a person who's sensitive, which most therapists do tend to be, you know, pretty emotionally attuned to others, that's why we like this work. Yeah, we're kind of intimacy junkies, aren't we? Yes, (laughs) we want closeness and connection. Yeah. Yeah, but when we we have those 
experiences in our unconscious, like, I mean, I'll just say very simply, my parents Mm -hmm. got divorced when I was six. And so I know that happened, but I never really connected with a lot of pain around it because I did whatever Mm -hmm. I did as a kid to get through it. And now my parents get older and I'm facing their mortality. And, you know, they're both still like they don't have terminal diagnoses, but they're in their mid eighties. So Mm -hmm. I know that they won't be living forever and they both have health problems that will mean that their ends of their lives will be sooner than I want them to be. And that younger part of me, this is the enactment that I'm talking about. That younger part of me is like, Oh, I gotta like, whatever the feelings were that that younger self had about maybe worrying about if mom was okay, if dad was okay, or that I have to be, you know, the only one who can handle my own feelings or whatever I thought and felt that comes up within the work with clients. And then, you know, a particular client will be talking about something and it will touch that place in you. And you don't even realize it because it's a very implicit thing that's held Mm -hmm. in your nonverbal memory because you do not have a cognitive, you know, you don't have a narrative of what happened. Right. It's, it's still pre-verbal pre like, you know, cognitive in the sense of, of more elaborate connections. Higher level thinking. Higher level. Yeah. Right. If it was before 10, it's going to be more in the like body metaphor symbolism and through the lens of you know, children think that the whole world revolves around them. So if something bad happens in the family or with their friends or whatever, they think it's their fault or something. So, um, and you're still rushing to like care for some in for your parents in some way, the way that you would have as a child rushed to care, but also feel, feel confused. I'm sure. Like, yeah, right. Where are they for me? And, and it's always too soon, Laura. that's that's just it it's just always too soon yeah there's no time that that you're ready for it but I will say like for me my dad got sick in 2019 20 yeah 19 and he nearly died and Mm. at that time when that was happening I mean he didn't die and I've gotten four more years with him so far and he's doing really well I never Mm -hmm. it's almost unbelievable that that happened but I know it happened because I was right there (laughs) but while that was happening what's happening in my new client contacts oh Mm -hmm. you know I have anxiety I have depression and then they come and then it's like oh my dad just died oh my dad's sick oh this you know and I'm like wow (laughs) so it's uh, somehow but then did I say hmm I shouldn't work with this person because my dad's sick and their dad just died and that might be too much for me. No, I don't say that. I say, mm-hmm. well, that's okay. I can, I can work with them. It'll be okay. But then I'm like finding myself having a panic attack after their session or something, Yeah, you know, or something. That's what happened. I had a panic right. attack. <laughs> no, I believe it. I believe it. And you know, I just, I'm, I'm so grateful that you could share something like this, your personal and professional experience, because look, let's face it as therapists, they get, they get enmeshed and blended day in yeah. and day out. And, uh, you know, we're people. Our, we're people and our vulnerability is just there. But, yeah. you know, we don't we don't often share as much. And so <laughs> I really I really appreciate it because you're, you're giving somebody else that courage 
And Thanks. also the courage to say, you know what? Okay, I have stuff going on in my life and I can still be a good, competent therapist. And that's really what we're here to talk about. And I think yeah. in the way you've created the, the um, trauma therapist network, part of that is really to help with these things, right? Like I'd love yes. for you to share a little bit about sure. what it is. Um, you know, because we're, we're talking about like the lack of trauma training that we got, at, you know, in our grad programs or the fact that we may want to, you know, be able to be better in our work with these clients that say they don't have trauma, but then we realize they do. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the field of trauma has in the past 10 years, the field of trauma has, whew, I mean, just gone through an amazing uh, growth process. Uh, there's so much we know now about somatic work, sensory mm -hmm. work, neurodiversity, you know, there's so much more that we know about so many things, ancestral trauma or inter intergenerational trauma. Um, so what I'll tell you what trauma therapist network is uh, for in, in terms of the membership community. So the website itself is, it's a resource for anyone. It's my hope is to take that question of, do I have trauma and have people really begin to understand that it's not really what they think it is. It's not, oh, I've never been in a house fire or a plane crash or served in the military or been through a war. You know, I always had, and I can't tell you, my trauma therapist, peers who are here are, I'm sure are gonna recognize that clients will say, I mean, it wasn't that bad. I always had a roof over my head. We had clean clothes to wear and we always had enough food. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, so those are very, very basic indications and many people don't have that. Yeah. And that's real and very traumatic, but also there's a lot of trauma that can be happening in the wealthiest of homes mm -hmm. where all basic needs are met but, you know, there's either emotional neglect or abuse, physical abuse or neglect, sky high expectations, perfectionism that makes the child feel like they're never good enough. But I wanted to make a place where people could learn about trauma and understand, you know, does this really impact my life in ways that are relatable and not so clinical up high, you know, outside of the general public's real understanding. So that's why I made Trauma Chat and the mm. website Trauma Therapist Network. But I also wanted people to be able to find a trauma therapist. And since mm. trauma has become a buzzword, I would say in the past five years or so, when you look on psychology today to find a, a therapist, you know, it's like anxiety, ADHD, bipolar disorder, you know, compulsions, you know, it's just like right. everything. everything. And PTSD slash trauma is there too. So like oh this person they know trauma well there's so many different types of trauma different experiences that can cause trauma there's so many different ways you can specialize in trauma if you specialize in perfectionism in a way you're specializing in trauma if you specialize mm -hmm. in emotional neglect you're specializing in trauma if you specialize in eating disorders well there's almost always an attachment or trauma aspect within that work so whether you are using trauma methods or not, that's that's probably at play with the client. So 
I wanted to make a directory where people could really like look at what does this person specialize in? What kind of methods are they using? Is it art therapy? Is it parts work? Is it mm-hmm. EMDR? Is it DBT? Is it prolonged exposure or CPT, cognitive processing therapy? There's so many different ways. So even among trauma, it's not a one size fits all. Even right. if people do specialize. Exactly. The complexity needs the integrative models and the diversity of treatment. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was launching this directory and website and hoping that trauma therapists would find it, you know, valuable to be able to show how they work with trauma so that clients could find them. And I launched in August, 2021. And, you know, a few people were like, oh, this is so great. This is so needed. But most people are saying, Laura, I love you. I totally support what you're doing, but I do not need another client. I need 10 less clients. I'm oh. so overwhelmed. I'm so exhausted. I, I need I need less, not more. I don't need yeah. to sign up for any more directories. Can I sign up and not put my name or say I'm not taking new clients? I'm like, they well. wanted the community. <laughs> they wanted to be exactly. part of it. Oh, amazing. Exactly. So then I figured out, oh, what they need is support. So that's when I added the weekly calls. And and that's the community aspect that therapists are loving is that we meet every week. We met today, Wednesdays at noon Eastern time for an hour. And they're live calls that I lead, but sometimes, you know, I facilitate. We all are, are participating, but sometimes we have a guest who comes and presents, but there's four themes. So the first call of the month is, self-care. And I usually sort of, you know, give everybody a chance to go around and introduce themselves. And then we do, you know, we talk about kind of what's in the collective at that time and do an experiential type of self-care practice. So instead of just saying, so what do you do for self-care? Oh, I like to go for walks. We, right. we talk about like, you know, like I'll guide a meditation or a grounding practice or a movement practice or someone else will. Mm -hmm. And so that we can actually experience it. And when we can experience it and feel what it's like and feel what comes up, it's not always something that makes you feel good. Sometimes it's like makes you feel more emotional, more sad or Mm -hmm. exhausted or whatever, but, but at least we're connecting within ourselves and within a group and knowing we're not alone. Yes. And, and to have that kind of group support as you do a self-care exercise, that, that can be really nice. Yeah. Cause other people share vulnerably in the group mm-hmm. and it lets people know, just like you said, with me sharing my experience, it lets people know, Oh, well, she's been through that. And I feel the same way. And I guess I'm not weird, you know? And then our second call of the month, which is what we had today is a case consultation. Oh. So we do two consultations per day, unless there's only one person who wants to present, we can certainly talk about one case for an hour. But I think the case consultation is one of the most popular aspects of the community, because for one, people can just hear about trauma presentations and say, hmm, oh, yeah, I have a few clients who kind of do that, too. And I didn't even think about that. That was something, you know? Yeah. And connect the trauma or some of and especially dissociation yeah there's so many ways that it's 
it's unusual for people to be trained in trauma when they enter the field. It's even less common for people to have any training in dissociation because even most of the trauma trainings that are out there don't teach you anything about dissociation. But yet it's such a central yeah. coping strategy adaptation that is used to survive experiences. It's like why we're we're here and not dead after life-threatening experiences. Right. Dissociation is a is a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's so true. I just reached out to a colleague of mine on the West Coast to see if she knew somebody on the East Coast, you know, in Massachusetts who could help with specific trauma client around dissociation. Right. Like that's how hard it is to sometimes find a therapist. Did you look and trauma therapist? I didn't. <laughs> wow, there might be someone who can there help. There might be. Exactly. So there's a lesson for everyone. We, we There's a network you can look in. Yes. But so case I mean, the directory is totally free to use. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't awesome. have to be a member to use the directory. Anyone mm-hmm. can use it. So it's on the website. Great. And, you know, we're going to link to all of this information about Laura's podcast, the the trauma therapist network. She's, she's, you're also opening the membership. So we're going to talk about that too, in case Mm -hmm. you're really interested. The case consultation sounds so helpful to be able to bring it to a non-judgmental group of people, get some feedback about a case. Yeah. And what's beautiful is that, you know, we have over hundred, we have about 140 members, but each week, the number who show up live is maybe between like 12 to 25. So it's not overwhelming in, in size. And, but people have a lot of different areas that they're trained in. So some are trained in EMDR, some are trained in parts work, some use a a more cognitive approach, some use art therapy or somatic therapies. So some really specialize in DID or dissociation and some use, I mean, hypnosis, there's, there's so many things, yoga therapy. So to have the, the richness of all these people hearing about your case and being able to say, well, I'm trained in this. And what I would consider is, you know, have you looked at this or have you asked about that? Or here's a technique you could use. So it's an amazing learning space. And it's very, it's like a place where people can feel comfortable not knowing But it's also a a place where when you are hearing someone else's case, you go, oh, I've encountered this and here's what helped. And that reminds you that you do, like you said before, you're, you're so much more competent than you may feel. Yeah. And trauma often, another way that we can know that we're sitting with a client who is having a trauma reaction is that it makes us feel de-skilled. We say that all the time in our community. Oh, I like like that. When I'm working with this client, I just feel like suddenly I don't know anything. How did I even become a therapist? What am I doing? I'm a total fraud. That's a clue that your client is having a trauma reaction and you're sensing it and you're going out of your window of tolerance and beginning to uh, lose what you know. Because, you know, with Mm -hmm. what we learn, you know, from the body keeps the score, if nothing else, is when, when you're having a trauma reaction back here, you can't access your thinking brain, your cognition. So when the client maybe says something or does something or moves a certain way or something and Mm -hmm. their nervous system's doing something and your nervous system's feeling something, 
you don't know you're feeling it. You just like, I have no idea what to say. Like, all your techniques go out yeah. the window, right? Just like so, gone. Yeah. Like, and then afterwards you go, oh, why didn't I say this? Why didn't yes. I say that? And then you're like filled with shame. Mm, also yeah. trauma reaction. So you guys can see Laura is such an amazing teacher, right? She knows <laughs> trauma and she's even teaching us right this minute. Additionally, I love what you said. I just want to highlight it because it's so important as well about the group. You have, say, 12 to 25 people in your case consultation group, and they all might come from a different modality or mm -hmm. tra trauma approach. And what are we trying to do? Not get burnt out as therapists. So mm -hmm. suddenly you have this inspiration. You have different, you know, different viewpoints. You, you know, you have like something of interest, something that might just spark interest or learning. And that's what helps us stay not burnt out as well. Exactly. You get inspiration from what mm -hmm. other people are doing. And, and on our third week, we do a Q&A. So it's usually open-ended. And sometimes people say, let's talk about, you know, marketing, or let's talk mm -hmm. about alternative income streams. And people are very inspired what each by what each other are doing. And I mean, I think what there's so many things I love about Trauma Therapist Network membership, but I love seeing, for one thing, I love that I get to know the people who are there. And then when people ask me for referrals, I can confidently, you know, I really feel like I know how that person practices because I know them. Yes. But also they know each other. They get to, you know, oh, hey, you and I, our styles align. They can connect outside of it. I mean, mm -hmm. Some people may make a connection where they decide they don't need the network anymore because now they've got somebody who's maybe lives near them or someone who can be a professional colleague they can consult with. And that's, that's what they needed. So yeah. having <laughs> that, that sense of connection, right. That you, you get to know these people, right. This isn't huge. And that's, what's so important. That's, I mean, that's why I also really, I like this Facebook group. I mean, it, this is just not not super active, but you know what? The people who are active start to know each other, start to mm -hmm. form friendships offline, um, start to message. I mean, I, I yes. met you, Laura, from messaging on Facebook and we're in another group where we're, you know, sometimes interacting on different posts. And so like, we can't discount the importance of community. I know, I, you know, it, and it doesn't take that much. Yeah, if you meet like three or four people, mm -hmm. suddenly you don't feel so alone and isolated yeah. anymore. So, yeah. 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 So we've got the Q&A as your third Wednesday. This is a very robust program. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, the fourth week is training. So the fourth week is a one hour training. No CEs, but just any topic related to trauma. So things that we've had training on in the past have included, well, religious trauma that was presented by uh, Quincy Gideon, mm -hmm. who specializes in religious trauma. We've had um, one of the trainers from the neuroaffective relational model, Norm uh, Brad Kammer, came and talked twice to our group. We've had wow. Annie Schusler, who's my wow. this week's podcast guest, um, oh, the Rebel okay. Therapist right. podcast. She came on and talked about creating a program outside of clinical work. Mm -hmm. And 
but I lead most of them. I've done some on sexual trauma. I'm drawing a blank, but there's been a lot of things, a lot about dissociation. Mm -hmm. And basically one of the great things about it is that all the calls are recorded. So even if you can't attend live, when people join, they get they get access to the whole recorded library. So there's like mm-hmm. 60 plus hours of case consultation, training, uh, self-care and Q&A. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. Right. And, you know, I, I just keep going back to that, that notion that so many of our clients have trauma or we get stuck with somebody and we don't really understand why. And my guess is if you watched a case consultation, you would, you know, you'd find nuggets in there that would help you with your client. Definitely. We really long for that as therapists. I mean, that's why we have, you know, supervision and so on. But sometimes, you know, whatever supervision is available to us isn't always the best fit or as meaningful or robust as we want. Right. Very, very, very true. I have, Mm -hmm. I have two supervisees now and one of them is close to getting their full independent license, got most of their hours before I met them. And they said they've never had real like how to do therapy supervision that was focused on trauma before. So it's, you know, it's frustrating, but at the same time, there's a lot of hopefulness to me in the the potential to spread awareness that trauma is really a lot more prevalent than we typically think. And Mm -hmm. also that it can heal. It's not, you know, some people shy away from, I don't want to work with trauma or yeah, this person has trauma, but we're not working on that. Well, it's there anyway. So you are working on it. (laughs) You're either working to try to, you know, heal it or, or not, but, and maybe they're not in a place where it's time to process it. It could be more short-term work or crisis work, or they're just, they're not in a stable enough situation, but you still understanding how it impacts people. If you don't realize that people are impacted by trauma, then you think it's their personality or you think it's, Mm. you, you know, you make some assumptions about their culture or things like that, that can lead you to maybe, not necessarily judging, but just misunderstanding what drives their behavior. Like people will say, like, how can I motivate my client to change? Yeah. And it's like, it's not that your client doesn't want to change. <laughs> it's that, you know, I mean, they're, they, they're coming to you because they, they're asking for help to change, but mm-hmm. maybe you're not recognizing what you're seeing. And so it seems like they are maybe contradicting themselves or um, stuck in repetitive patterns of behavior that they stubbornly don't want to end, but it's not, it's not stubbornness. It's, it's functioning for them in some way. Right. Understanding that's really important. Mm -hmm. Yes. Looking, looking at that ambivalence from a different viewpoint. She's such an encourager of other therapists. And I feel like that's also what you offer in a way, right? This is skill-based. So therapists learn skills, but then also so they can take care of themselves, take care of ourselves while we're doing this hard work through the self-care and that, you know, just the connection, the community. Yeah. It's a very compassionate and heart-led 
space. It really is. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, again, people always say, oh, trauma, isn't that depressing? And it's not. To me, it's joyful and hopeful that because these things do happen and I wish it were not true, but it is. So these things happen. People go through these painful, traumatic experiences. And there are things that we could could be doing culturally to change that. And I, I advocate for that too. But there's joy in knowing that it doesn't have to be like this for people. Yeah. And knowing that you can help them realize that they're not broken. There's nothing wrong with them. There are things that have happened that change the way their brain reacts and it can, it can heal. It can change. It's not yeah. a permanent thing that they're stuck with. That's, that's so beautiful and so true, Laura, right? And when we see that progress, little progress, little ways of, of integrating and changing their relationship to the trauma and the memories, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it that's, good. it feels good. It feels good for them and it feels good for us. And that's what we need. We need more of that. So it's, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity, <laughs> the trauma therapist network. And I know there's, there's a bunch more things you could tell about, but we'll drop the link in the, the Facebook group under here. Um, and I think it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Like the different oh, membership yeah. levels and all of that. Yeah, there's a, there's a page. The link goes to a, um, a sales page that, I mean, if you just say on the top of the page, you'll see join the wait list. But if you actually scroll down, it gives you all the information of what's included at each level. And, mm -hmm. um, and then you can join the wait list from there. And then if you join the wait list, which right now registration is open for the wait list through June 19th. So if, if you join the waiting list now, you'll get right away an email with a registration link. So you won't have to really wait. But if, if you see this after June 19th, from the 20th to the 30th, it'll still be open for um, people who are not on the waiting list can join. But if you join the waiting list, you get a, a special rate. Special discount. Always That's good. Right. Yeah, we like that. <laughs> and if right. anyone has questions for, for Laura specifically, they can drop it in the comments also below this video and she'll pop back in because she's a member of our group. Yes. Um, yeah. And so that's pretty amazing. Um, check out her therapy chat podcast, which is wonderful. And <laughs> so many great episodes there and trauma chat podcast and anything else that would be important for our listeners or watchers to know today um, you want to tell somebody who's like a therapist working with trauma. Yeah. I, I just want anyone who sees this to believe in yourself and know that you are needed in this field and your work matters because it's so easy to lose sight of the impact we make. Nobody sees it except for us and the client. And, but you know that you're making a difference. Don't forget that. And if you are feeling it's hard to reconnect with that, you know, I just invite you to find places where you can connect with other people because we can become very isolated and mm community is really the antidote, you know, connection is the antidote to isolation.
And isolation is a killer. Thank you, Laura. And so like Laura said, you know, also let's leave with that that sense of self-confidence and self-trust and that we can also find what we need. It's there. So with that, thank you. And we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I invite you to subscribe and leave a rating or review. It really helps other people find this podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.